0: Welcome to the Midweek Social on All Villa, No Filler. This week's guests are Paul Webb and Adam Tynan from the London Lions. Paul and Adam form a big part of the London Lions. Paul, or Webbo, as we tend to call you, it's always great to have you on here. And thank you for coming back. Yeah, thank you for having me. And Adam, it's your big debut. You're like the Yon the Duran of the uh, of the podcast. You're, you're making your big start. There's big things expected. Uh, welcome to the All and No Filler podcast, Adam. Thanks very much. I've got neither the pace, power,
1: nor determination of Duran, but I'll do my best. <laughs>
0: That's good to hear. Uh, I'm not sure anybody does. I saw him up close and I was taken <laughs> aback by how, what a specimen he was. He was a... Yeah, he looks like he's not somebody I'd want to be defending against. Um, But uh, we'll talk about uh, some Villa memories and uh, how we got support in the club in a bit. But first, let's start with Saturday's win over Crystal Palace. Webber, I'll start with you. Um, What did you make of uh, the big win? Um, It was a professional
2: display, a very boring game in truth. Um, I think you alluded to it straight after the game. I was really surprised at how lacklustre Palace were. Maybe that was down to maybe we just nullified them very quickly. But we were in control after that early scare of the disallowed goal. I never really felt too much danger. And when you look back at the highlights, Martinez didn't really have much to do. Mm. Um, we probably should have scored one or two more to Watkins miss the begin chance in the second half. But I think 1-0 was an absolutely fair result. It's one of those games, nice to win, but you will quickly forget in a month's time, but you'll just be grateful of the three points.
0: Yeah, it did feel nice after, you know, two kind of wild games we've just had at home with 4-2 against Leicester, 4-2 against Arsenal. It was quite nice to have a more controlled game where it didn't look like we were going to concede every second. Um, But uh, Adam, you know, what did you make of it as well? Yeah, I think I think you've covered
1: it well. I think boring, probably the probably the key word that comes <laughs> from it. But a, a measure of control. Uh, and that is something that Villa fans probably can't be bored by after what we've had over the past few years. But um, I think disappointed in Palace. Players like Eze and Elise say that I've had on my scouting radar from their championship days, disappointed we didn't get them. And then Zaha, who, personality aside, is a player I've always admired as well and thought how that trio doesn't put a shot on target in a game is beyond me Go- offside goal aside obviously
0: yeah it was uh, it was quite I was quite surprised as well I was just surprised at how insipid they were given those attackers and also you know we were, I was at Selhurst Park where we saw each other there webo um, earlier this season and though we were being managed by Steven Gerrard at the time and things were not going well if palace looked far more lively and Eze in the center was much more active and um when Eze briefly went into the centre after the red card, I thought he got a few touches and I thought, oh, here we go. They might be more dangerous now. And then they took him off and brought Will Hughes on. So I was like, <laughs> thank you very I, much, Patrick Vieira. I was strangely, and as we've been a Villa fan, when
2: we went down to, sorry, when they went down to 10 men, I was more adamant that they were going to score <laughs> when it was 11 v 11. I was like, typical Villa, because we. I don't, haven't looked at the stats, but it feels like against 10 men in recent years, we've really struggled. Yeah, And we again did, obviously it was 1-0 at a time. We didn't really impose ourselves much more on the game. We controlled it, but it, we never really seemed to go for the jugular against 10 men. So I was nervous. It's funny really how certain things in of being a Villa fan, making nervous, being (laughs) awarded a penalty and seeing the opposition go down to 10 men are probably the two most nerve-wracking things that can happen (laughs) as a Villa fan.
0: Yeah, the concept of Man United turning up to play as a Villa park as well has been a problem for (laughs) about 27 years as well. But, but, uh, you know, um, there was breaking news today, recording this on Monday, Greg Evans at The Athletic reported that Bubakakamara is out for at least a month. Uh, Adam, uh, do you think that could throw Villa's momentum off at all? I think it has to, doesn't it?
1: He's been one dodgy performance aside the sort of standout player of the season for me in terms of changing the way we play. And he seems to, he's made that role his own really. I'm not sure we've got a like for like that sits, dropped straight in. I think he probably, he may well stick with Chambers as as kind of the, the natural fit. You could you could drop a You you could drop a Ramsey in maybe, but I think, for the natural double pivot with, with Dougie I, I think it probably will be Chambers and I don't think that name the odd cracking goal aside fills anybody with all that much confidence um what I like about Emery is he he, he sticks to his plans mm. and I think he knows he hasn't quite got the he needs didn't jump in in January he's going to kind of keep his paper dry for the summer but I think when you lose a keeper, that hour, I think we'll look a lot, a lot weaker f- for missing him over what could be five games, maybe as many as five games. Mm. Yeah, we'll have to see.
0: Uh, and what have you made of Boobie Kamara this season, Adam? You know he's been uh, probably from the Gerard era the one shining light, as far as I can tell. But you know, what have you made of him?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, but I think of, of the names that came through the door under uh, Stephen Gerard. I don't know how much. Uh, I think the story goes that uh, he came because of Coutinho and Coutinho came because of Gerard. So does Gerard take that take that credit? I don't know. <laughs> um, but yeah, he's, uh, he's just, we've, we've lacked that player for a long time. I mean, somebody that just, to sit in there, confident in the ball, a bit of bite in the challenge, but also just all-round footballer, good technique. Um, he seems to be involved in a lot of the good stuff we do, not just the dirty stuff that E. G. Nakamba could do at times or or the bit of guile and quality that, again, at times, Dougie Lewis shows, he seems to be able to do, to do all of that, um, albeit with a, a couple of mistakes a few games back, but um, yeah, an absolute steal on a free transfer. I'm sure we're paying the wages, but an absolute steal.
0: Yeah, he looks like a player who I just, I keep wondering, how did Champions League clubs miss out on him? You know, you look at, it just seems like, oh, I don't know, like a Barcelona or something, I think, God, like, you've gone and probably spent like, 80 million on somebody that you didn't need, and then he was right there and he's gone to Villa and going to lead us to the Champions League. No (laughs) doubt about that. But but but, but Webber, like, um, you know, with Kamara out now, um, how do you think uh, Emery will approach it and how would you like him to approach it? So, uh, I mean,
2: I echo the four. I think it's a huge loss. Probably the biggest we could have had for an individual. I think he has been exceptional in filling what was a gap. How will, you look at our upcoming fixtures, we've got, on paper very generous fixtures in the sense of winnable games but games that we should try and have a lion's share of possession in Mm. so with that in mind I think he I think Adam is correct I think he will fill it with as as like for like as possible because he could be tempted to get McGinn in there and then maybe play Bailey, Buendia and Watkins and sort of go a little bit more attacking but with that you lose a bit of the shape that has been working well in the last few games. I think Emory's already found a few different options, um, but I think Kamara is sort of him and Louise is what he's building that team around. And I actually think he could be building it around for next season as well. I think he likes that pairing. So I think he's going to probably just keep uh, a slight for life. So maybe Den Donker, who wasn't, wasn't able to play at the weekend. And I know Villa fans aren't particularly thrilled by Den Donker, but I think either him or Chambers will come in, uh, but then again against the likes of Bournemouth at home that's probably more of an opportunity where you can be more attacking
0: mm. and
2: maybe you don't need that holding midfielder so you've got Bournemouth and Forest at home coming up, they are probably two fixtures where you can be more aggressive, so gutted to be missing Kamara, but actually in those two games, do you need that extra layer of defences? Does it give Bailey, Buendia, Joanne an option to get a little bit more game time and give... Emery an opportunity to see how can we go against teams where we've got that bigger possession because I think that's probably the one area we really struggle um, as a football team is when we're given time on the ball we sort of seem to lack a little bit of creativity so maybe this could be a little bit of a blessing against those slightly lesser sides at Villa Park.
0: Yeah, it's, it's kind of quite nice to have a manager like you and I, Emery, where you just think whatever he's going to do even if, even if it doesn't work that at least there's some idea there's a plan behind it and it you know, I make some logical sense um, rather than what we had before. Where it was like, let's just not use any wingers and uh, <laughs> let's just hope for the best somehow. <laughs> um, but, uh, but you know, Webber, um, now, something that's kind of been a bit of a topic recently is how I know a, a lot that on Twitter particularly, there's been a lot of chat about how um, the Villa Park crowd have been reacting to the Villa team playing the ball around at the back. Um Personally, where I was sat in the stadium, I was kind of nearish the whole time. I was in the Trinity Road. Um, it, the the reaction to it wasn't too impatient. There was one guy near me who was like yelling, you know, get rid, get rid. And I was sort of sitting there thinking like, I really hope Tyrone Mings is listening to an IMRI here and not this guy, <laughs> this gentleman sat near me. But, uh, but generally I thought it was like, it wasn't too bad. But I think on I think on TV, it's, from what I'm hearing, it seems to have come across a bit more panicked and negative. But, you know, what have... What, why do you think the crowd is reacting like that to this sort of passing around at the back? And what what do you make of that approach to playing it around? <laughs>
2: So I think the people on Twitter and Facebook sit behind me in the whole tent because as go soon ahead. as Martinez gets the ball from a goal kick, the amount of expletives I hear, which are <laughs> get that ball as far away from the defence as possible <laughs> is untrue. So to the extent of one of my friends was nearly going to have to go down at halftime just to avoid hearing this guy's chat. It, so oh, yeah. there is definitely a minority, I would say, who hate it. And no matter who the manager is, no matter who we sign, their opinion of playing out from the back will always be it's a negative thing. Um, And at the moment, there's been incidents in recent games, Leicester, you look actually, ever since we had Emery come in in his first away game against Brighton, within a minute, we were behind because of sloppy play at the back. We are causing mistakes to ourselves. Um, And one way to eradicate that would be to completely ditch the plan and just go long. However, the goal that won us the game against Palace started from playing out the back. I also think what's key to this is being patient football fans. And I think Villa fans in particular are bad for that. And <laughs> yeah. that is the way Emery wants to play. I don't think any Villa fan wants Emery out, anything like that. I think I've, it's 100% backing at the moment. And that's the way he plays. So if that's what he wants to do. And to be fair, Smith wanted to do it as well. Mm. Gerard wasn't adverse to it. So it's not like he's completely ripped up and exists like what we were doing beforehand. It's not like he's replaced Sam Allardyce-style football. That's what we believe in. As a, We believe in Emery. That's the way he wants to play. And also, I look at the players we want to attract. Mm-hmm. If we want to move forward as a club. We want to attract exciting players, you want to attract big-name players, they're not going to come to a club that doesn't want to play football. They won't want to go to, let's say, Everton, who have made the right appointment. Mm-hmm. The way Sean Dice plays isn't the most attractive. Now, let's say Everton stay up and they're offering the same wage. Would you rather play for Unai Emery, a passing, attractive football, or Sean Dyche? You, yeah. you have to assume that The majority of players who we want to attract would want to play that style of football. So I understand and how frustrating it is, especially against Leicester, when we just seemingly set out that game to give them as many goals as possible. <laughs> that there are going to be times where it is frustrating. Um, so, but I, I'm 100% for it. I think it will improve the club, I think it'll improve the players that we can sign. And you look at I think the only player that comes close to Kamara as our player of the season has been Buendia. He, Mm -hmm. if we can just get players like that on the ball, with the ball at their feet, exciting things will happen. And that, for me, starts at the goalkeeper, starts from the back. And right now, we're going to have to, we'll probably have about five more goals this season, I would predict, that come from that, as in against us. There'll be five more errors that lead to either guilt-edged chances like the Odegaard one, against Arsenal or there'll be other things like that. So unfortunately, we're in a bit of a moment where we just have to continue with it and hopefully he signs a few better players uh, to who can work with it. But I'm 100% adamant that we have to stick with it and we'd just love the whole end to be a little bit more patient. But I think that that is a big of a wish that's never going to happen.
0: <laughs> yeah, I can't, can't, can't totally agree with everything you just said there. I mean, Adam, what, what have you made of... Uh this sort of new style. Have you got used to it yet seeing Aston Villa being a, a team that plays it around at the back and trying to be more progressive in that sense? Uh
1: Yeah, I, I get used to it. Like you say, you, don't, you never get used to conceding goals like that because it never feels like there's any excuse to give it away when you're the City of the field and you've <laughs> had it off your keeper. But um I, I think I agree with Weber. We're going to see a few more before the season's out. And, and, even when we do get that first bit right, even, if, even when we're not giving it away, it's slow at the minute. We're, not, mm-hmm. we're clearly not good at it yet in the way you see a, a Brighton are or that maybe don't even have the players to do it. Um, but I think that comes with time. We've never had a better manager to implement that style and somebody who I think is going to be given real time to do it as well. Um, and as, since I first remember going, into football that guy was behind me shouting lump it out so uh, i don't think that's (laughs) he's a very consistent chap so um, i don't think it really matters to him who it is or what we're doing he just likes to to shout hoof it out so uh
0: yeah do you think it's partly like because you know we we all grew up sort of in the 90s you know in the 2000s and that's when we were all sort of playing 11 a side football when we were young and do you remember like as kids like you know I, I remember being about seven or eight and playing on 11 side pitches and there've been lines of moms and dads along the sidelines screaming kick it out kick it out get rid gamble like do you think it's just something that culturally we we're sort of more just so used to the ball being kicked away that it's it's almost like an alien concept of, uh, particularly for villa when we haven't really played this style before do you think that's partly what's Driving this kind of lot oh, quite—you you just made me realise my own
1: biases, frankie because I'm physically incapable of kicking it the length <laughs> of the field, even, let alone when I was eight. So, right, um, I was—I was never able to be that sort of footballer. So I've got the same memories, <laughs> seven, eight years old, being told to boot it out and just not having that in my locker whatsoever. So, <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm, <laughs> I've certainly been conditioned by that.
0: That, that's that's my that's the excuse I'm making for not always being on the bench as a kid. Couldn't kick it far enough. That's 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 why it's you. Um, but look, we so we've all been supporting Villa from roughly the same time uh, in the 90s, at least when we were dressing like young Brit pop band members. I was Solly Hall's answer to Jarvis Cocker. Um, it's very early days, but Adam, I'm very excited by Unai Emery and what he's doing at Villa. What have you made of him so far?
1: Just very assured, I think. I think that and in a weird way, the complete lack of signings or, or major signings in January, or the, or the just to me, it felt like a complete lack of panic, a real calm around, you know what, I'm here in the summer, no matter how badly this goes. And I'll continue to have Eddie Martinez play into Den Donker, no matter how wrong it goes, because that's how I want to play. I'll be here in the summer. I just, you just get the sense that. I feel like we do this a lot as little fans. It's always there's always these these dawn moments, and I'm sure I've said something similar six months ago and six months before that. But um, it really does feel like we're into something for the long run, and I and I think mm. I know people have said this a lot, but even even Martin O'Neill, I think that's who people go back to, is that as the last sort of big manager we had. He, he wasn't a big name on the European stage in the way Emery was, or like a sort of. That's a, that's a very different era of football, that is, almost. like Before things have changed drastically in the face of kind of how the Premier League operates and works, I think there's very few managers of his quality about and that very few of them are, are sort of looking at teams who are 11th in the table. So I think we're in a really fortunate position and, and probably he knows it as well and the confidence that's given him means he'll take his time and do, and do it the way he wants to do it rather than be pressed into... Panic mode very quickly, which I think is a good position to be in. We're always talking about managers don't get enough time. And I, I, I feel like by hook or by crook, Emery will.
0: Yeah, um, for sure. And he's probably in a good spot at the moment where we've got away from that relegation pack, that sort of quagmire, at the bottom of the league and sort of also no real pressure on us to finish in Europe this season, though it would be nice. So we've got kind of in a position where we can probably afford to experiment a little bit. And probably you can work a few things out about the players. But, but Webber, what, what have you made of uh, Unai Emery so far?
2: Yeah, it's hard not to be really impressed. Um, you look at some of the results, especially the away form, it's just mm. staggering how I don't think we'd won away under Gerard And now since he's come in, we've won four out of five, the only team in the league, cup, cup game aside, the only team that we haven't won at is Man City. It's just... Yeah. That that's just the same personnel. So he has clearly managed to very quickly come in, learn about his team, and find a way that they can play to the the, uh, close to where we all believed that they should be. I I always felt that this season we should be pushing for Europe, and I never, still can't quite understand how Gerard got it so wrong. (laughs) Uh, But since Emery's come in, like you said, the, the key words are: there's calm, there's panic, there's a plan. I remember talking to you, frankly, very soon after Gerard left. And our biggest regret was how it just looked like we had no identity and no plan. All of a sudden, I don't see a single player who's not hungry to want to be on that pitch. I don't see a single player who hasn't bought into it. And it feels like, again, it, as it has many a times, it, this does feel like the start of something quite special because he is a world class manager.
0: Yeah. Um,
2: so. He will want to be here. He's also got points proving in the Premier League. It's an excellent signing for, to us to get Emery. And I think if we have him for two, three seasons, then we will be competing at the right end of the table and also competing at the very, very deep ends of cup competitions. So, yeah, the longer he stays, the more successful we will be. So I'm, I'm really pleased of the appointment. And I think he's a breath of fresh air so far this season. Probably... If you can give player of the season or signing of the season, it would be Emery. It wouldn't actually be a player. He's made such a an impact. It's, it's really really good 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 time under him so far.
0: Yeah, it just feels extremely rare to have a Villa manager who has won such big trophies as he has. I think yeah. the last was probably Hulier, but obviously that was in all, like difficult circumstances with his health. And yeah. um, whereas Emery just feels like he's very much in his prime. And you know, just last season was in the Champions League semi final and the Europa League. very, Two like a year and a half ago, so it's um, yeah, it's just feel a little bit like we've maybe punched above our weight, really um, for where we kind of are at the moment in our history. Um, so yeah, it's very exciting, but um, you know, Webbo, like where where do you think uh, realistically over the next sort of year, Villa should try and aim for under Emery, like where in the league and maybe even a trophy? Do you think that's something Villa should aim for in the next year?
2: Hi. We all know somebody very close to us who we can't talk about cuts to. (laughs) um, We as Aston Villa need to, should enter every season now that we're, one of the things I'd say Emery has done straight away is made us not fear relegation. So the owners, the way the club's structured now, you do forget where we were just a few years ago. We are back in that realms of a safe Premier League club. We, Our owners are showing huge ambition at every possible opportunity that they won't accept just being a safe Premier League club. They want to take it up to the next level. If they, as businessmen, want to make money, Aston Villa have to go up to the next level. Being a safe Premier League team won't be good enough for their bank pockets, basically, which is all they really care about if we're brutal. (laughs) Um, So where do we think we can... In this season, I think I said it to you about six weeks ago, we will finish 11th. We Haven't moved out of 11th for seven weeks. Um, <laughs> I looked at the fixtures. we could get above roughly above 20 points, which will see us in the mid 50s. Um, and yeah. last season, that would have got us to eighth, the season before, it would have got us 12th. So it's going to be mid table. We're and it's about where we should be for this actual season. We are 10th, 9th, 11th, that sort of um ballpark, but for next season. And Adam mentioned it earlier. I think they use the January transfer window as a scouting exercise. Yeah. I will be surprised if we don't make some big early signings of intent, which under Gerard we did as well. We got Kamara in early. We got Carla. We made quite a lot of signings early on, which indicates everything behind the scenes is ready to do that. So why wouldn't it be the same again? Mm. I wouldn't, wouldn't be surprised if maybe we flirted with a few of them in January. You know, see if we could get them then and maybe the deal wasn't right to be done. But I'm, I reckon we'll make some really big early signings in the transfer window and show our intent. And then you look at the league table as it is. We're sort of in that mix now of the top six are the top six. Unfortunately, there's so much money in the Liverpool-Chelsea. They're having a poor season this season. That doesn't happen every year. Chelsea will just keep on spending money until they get it right. So realistically... We should be competing with Newcastle. We should be competing with Brighton. Um, Newhouse is up there this season. Brentford, Fulham are having an exceptional season this season, but you wouldn't expect it to last for years to come. There's no reason why we couldn't compete for that seventh position. You may get lucky and may creep into the top six if one of them has a poor season. And with that, means that we should be genuinely competing in the cups. So this time next year, what we said, so we had the Carabao Cup final last weekend, so I would hope that we've got to at least the semi-final of the Carabao Cup and we remain in the FA Cup beyond the third round for one (laughs) year, that would be, but no, we should, we should, it should be a genuine, I'd say a Newcastle-esque season that where they are at the moment, punching, perhaps starting above where they'd be, competing for Europe for their league position. Good cup run. That's where we should be aiming for, and I don't think that's a huge step away from where we are now.
0: Yeah, d- definitely. I think Newcastle was definitely the sort of the the sort of example to follow, I guess. Um, but Adam, you know, I I hadn't realised until quite recently that you had like quite a, you know a big interest in sort of scouting almost or like seeing other players, <laughs> tracking down players. I don't quite know how you do it, but. You're, uh, you, you've got a history of like being into, you know, finding players like. But you know, you look at Villa's squad and you think, if Villa want to win trophies and want to go on and push for Europe, um, where do you think Villa needs to improve? And do you have like a player in your head who you would love to see it like, turn up in the summer?
1: I'm in a long old list, but when you say where I get them from, that I'm not, a, I'm far from a, an expert. Scare. It's a combination of Football Manager, FIFA. <laughs> FB ref, stats sites, YouTube videos—all the same place everybody else gets their dodgy opinions from. So there's nothing uh, There's
0: nothing <laughs> of any <laughs>
1: real value about it. But then maybe that's what the actual
0: scouts are doing. I don't yeah, and Lang's <laughs> just sat there on Football Manager. <laughs> I can't. I can't get it as wrong as we have over the years. Every Turkish director of football is just like, "Who's in the Villa squad? Who's not playing at the <laughs> moment?" <laughs> every Turkish team will take our subs. But, but yeah, as you're saying, oh, yeah, it. It
1: probably. With Emery, there's obviously, we've got a good idea of how he played at Villa and therefore potentially what's missing and how he's been playing at Villa and who perhaps feels like a square peg in a round hole. We're definitely short of forward options, however promising Duran looks, certainly as an athlete, if not, not the finished product. Um, we were linked with Nico Williams towards the end of the windows. Felt a bit like one of those players Weber was talking about that was sort of scouted out to see if it could be done then didn't quite happen same with guendouzi it feels like there's a profile of young european talent that Emory will and i guess it fits the langer model as well i mean both of those are at the expensive end of the market um i, I, I like to have a look at a bit cheaper when i'm going through FBRF and transfer market but i think uh, a wide a wide forward type uh somebody with a bit more consistency of bailey but a similar sort of profile in terms of ball carrying so you're looking at who, who's who's good at that across Europe but I like Adam Ola-Luckman I liked him when he was in yeah. the Premier League and he's, he's been doing really good at since he left Leipzig really good deal for them he was only 9 million when he moved I think he'd be a superb signing um I, I do think Bailey's been a real a real disappointment and I'm not sure he's got it in him if I'm honest to actually go on and, and do any better he feels like if you ask people from his Germany time as well he was the definition of inconsistent um, and I'm not sure that's gonna gonna be the one long term. A, 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 a fantastic impact player to have when you're really struggling, and you think roll the dice. But I think we'll be looking for somebody a little bit more direct. You think about the tune that Emery got out of Dan Jumo. Doesn't look that great a player in the Premier yeah. League. Every time you see him, He's hasn't been much at Spurs so far since he moved. Um, I think Emery's got got his eyes on. That position, I think. Yeah. Uh the, the Gwenduzy suggests he's not 100 percent comfortable with what he's got in there. As the Kamara injury shows, we're we're real short in the in the pivot. Um, ironically, probably McGinn, Ramsey, Buendia, Catinho give us some options in the further forward too. Yeah. So perhaps less of a rush around that. Um, and possibly a centre-back as well. I don't think we've got as good as Conso was two, three years ago. I don't think we've got that ball playing centre-back like Pau Torres that he had at uh, Villarreal. Um, I yeah. think he'll be courted by bigger clubs, unfortunately. I think the price tag on his head is more like 50-odd million. Um, so I think we'll be fishing elsewhere. Um, but I think Toro and Carlos p- perhaps competing for the same sort of go-and-win-the-ball centre-back and then the sort of... Terry to their Carvalho I think we might need to go and sign with Contra as a good option if he can find that form
0: of two years ago Yeah and uh, you know that, I, I agree with all that really um particularly on Leon Bailey where you know I, I watched him at Palace the other day and I thought the way he played within the game was very much reflective of just his overall sort of performance at Villa where it's been a moment where you like he's got round two players you think bloody hell how's he done that that's a world class piece of skill and then uh, bizarrely will pass it straight back to them or he'll just not make the right decision consistently enough. It's um, He's so close to being such a good player, but he's he's also quite far away from it as well. It's just, I think, yes, yeah, that lack of consistency doesn't matter. Yeah, I had a quick cool look
1: at the stats and he's less shot-creating actions in a game than Triori El Ghazi or Trezeguet in the last seasons for Villa. Like, really not pulling up trees in terms no. of creating. When we're such a better side than we were when they left. Doesn't look good, that does it? And actually, no. comes with of those four for for tackles as well. Winning the ball high upfield. So it's just, well, he's he's just not he's just not doing it, is he? And actually, <laughs> I know a few people think would would Elgazi Trezeguet, but Bertie's back on the bench.
0: Yeah,
1: it comes to something where you are like, oh, maybe they weren't that bad. Yeah, I know and and that's a a player.
0: There was one series where Bertie looked, he looked alright to be honest. He was <laughs> uh, you know did did okay and then just sort of disappeared. Um, but Webber, I mean, how about you? Where where would you like to see Villa kind of target this summer?
2: Uh, it's not a lot of difference to what Adam said. It'd be interesting to see because I think you focus there quite a lot on the attacking options, and I agree. Certainly with Bailey, the most frustrating player I think I've seen, and Villa just yeah infuriating. And I'm surprised he was in the squad after the laughing gas like pictures. I wouldn't I wouldn't have surprised me if Emery would be quite strict, and we see a. You know you him quickly go out the door if he's gonna up to those antics but from a defensive point of view i it'd be interesting to see if martinez is there next uh, next season yeah. I, want, I certainly want him to be there but his price will never be higher so they may look to cash in and get you could you can get another keeper for less and, and use the money there i don't think he likes matty cash as much as some of the fans do and um, so i think he would look to strengthen if you Look at Dinia and Marino, it's quite nice that they're both getting game time. Some of Knight uh, seems to be trying to make sure that they're both happy in the squad. I don't think he wants to sell. Luca he wants to have two in the squad. So I would imagine a right-back, right-wing-back will be a key area because Ashley Young as great as he's been. Can't keep going on. So in terms of that squad position, I think we need an extra right-back. It doesn't need to be the marquee signing, but we need depth there. And I think mm-hmm. be really interesting. And one of the things I hope we see in the coming weeks, probably after the international break, is Costa back on the field. Yeah. Um, Carlos, I said, just to get him time. Because he looked really good at the start of the season. Um, and then it's just a case of how he recovers from that really bad injury. Because he might really struggle to get his feet back. And then he got to try and sign two centre-backs in because it was quite clearly an area where tail end of Gerard's first season we were all saying Mings and Konza have been found out um, and I must admit they've probably stepped up again since uh, under memory, but mm. it always feels like a bit of a weak link now Konza so I feel we need an extra uh, right wing back and a, just more like squad players I think the depth is the real key for it. like you mentioned as soon as we've lost um, Kamara in that midfield it looks ever so weak and there's two or three positions where we've got that we um, with no where we have no depth. So I really wanted to go out and have a genuinely brilliant uh top quality squad.
0: Yeah, I think that's the worry, isn't it? Like if particularly if somebody like Ollie Watkins got injured, you'd be um looking up front and thinking, mm-hmm. oh my God, what we how are we going to replace that? But uh fortunately uh we're in a kind of position where you're probably not gonna get dragged back into the sort of relegation fight. So if injuries at the moment they're not a, a complete disaster as they could have been if we were sort of closer, I think, to the relegation. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, next we have West Ham, uh, weird team. West Ham, um, I- I'm quite surprised by what's happened to them this season, and I am actually wondering if they are going to go down now. You know, they, they battered Forest 4 0 at home, uh, recently, but then they just gone on- and got done by Bright- Brighton 4 0. Um, So, Adam, I'll I'll start with you. I mean, I feel like Villa have a terrible record away at West Ham from from when I can remember, to be honest. I just feel like we always lose them. But do you think we might finally be able to change that run and uh, get a result against them this weekend?
1: I was thinking of West Ham earlier when you didn't want to do it and be devil's advocate about how you can sort of kick on and you're now safe as a Premier League club and you can look forwards and not backwards. And West Ham is the absolute antithesis of that isn't it they went an incredible season and an incredible run in europe but only last year and it just seems to have flicked overnight for them in a, in a really weird way um have yeah. still got talent in that squad um and you I don't think they'll be I don't think they'll, I don't think they'll be in that bottom four coming into the season and I don't think this will last forever I think they'll come back to more like where their natural position is, which is probably around us at the minute eleventh, that kind of part of the table. But I think it's a good time to play them. I think we, we should be confident going into it. I haven't got a ticket this time, which I did after the last season's away day because it wasn't the best. Um, but yeah, I'm I'm, I'm going Villa win, even without Kamara.
0: Right. Okay. So that that would be five wins in six. I think if we won that fight away from home under Emery, which would just uh, just be phenomenal. But Weber, how how do you see that one going? The West Ham game. Uh,
2: Danny Ings will score.
0: <laughs> oh, yeah, I <laughs> forgot about that. <laughs> yeah. that, that bit, it's <laughs> just gonna happen, isn't <laughs> that, it? That, yeah. that will
2: happen. <laughs> um, but um, so they play in Europe? I don't, know, I don't know who they've got in Europe on Thursday. Uh, so, Adam's right? Like, it's a great time to play them. Their confidence won't be high, They, We would have had a week, you know, a week of just normal training going into it. So, you would say that we will be slight favourites for the game. But despite Emery's run, I still can't be confident in going to an away game. Ever. <laughs> I think the last time I was supremely confident was Bournemouth at the first game of the season. <laughs> yeah, same. I lasted four minutes. And then, um, so... I think it's one of those games with, and I mentioned a few of the teams, you are beginning to play teams now that are desperate not to lose.
0: Yeah.
2: And West Ham are beginning to get in that boat in that, especially if they're going to continue in Europe, they'll be playing on the Sunday for the foreseeable rest of the the season. So they will know how their opposition, the teams down there have done on the Saturday. Mm. And you can start seeing that dictator, actually the point isn't the end of the world. So, and when we play Bournemouth, we play Forest Leicester have been sucked back into it. We're playing a lot of the teams down at the bottom. And so all of a sudden their mentality can switch. and you know, they'll probably go high octane, straight at it, try and get an early goal, but then they'll get a little bit nervous. So I I think it'll be a score draw. Like I say, Danny Ings will definitely score. And um, yeah, so I think it'll be a draw. I think it'll be quite an even game and they'll be so scared of losing that uh, they might give us a few chances, but yeah, I think a draw this time. Up,
0: okay, um, Adam. What, what would you, if you had to predict the scoreline? What, what would you go for?
1: And a uh, nervy one, as it always is with Villa. Uh, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm staying positive. I'm going. I'm going two one, but I think one nil down.
0: Y- yeah, I'm gonna. I'm gonna go. I think I'm gonna go score draw as well. Danny Ings gets two. <laughs> Ollie Watkins gets two. The Watkins. <laughs> Uh, it's like the the Avengers battling each other. Like one of the movies, <laughs> where one of them goes rogue. Um, Probably yeah. the first
2: time Watkins and Ings perform together on the pitch. the
0: yeah. <laughs> First time for everything. So, uh, yeah. I, I mean, the funny thing is as well, it's not just West Ham away that we seem to have a, a bad record, but also David Moyes. I feel like sure that we never we rarely beat David Moyes teams. Am I? Am I dreaming that? I don't know actually. Um... We did have a pack where well, they were the team that
2: always finished above us under O'Neill, and that was Moyes' Everton. Yeah. You know, and they were always
1: it was, that, it was that classic win with the Ashley Young last-minute yeah. goal, which was great. Yeah. Yeah. Um, he, yeah, they were, they're, they're tough sides, aren't they, Moyes? That's sort of what he was famous for, creating, like...
0: Just quite gritty sides that were hard to beat. But. the the perfect Dante Villa team, basically. <laughs> <The> team <laughs> we just can't break down. I mean, yeah. I even I even remember when he was managing Man United for one season and I went to Old Trafford to watch it. And Ashley West put us one-nil up with a free kick. And I thought, Oh, this is great. We, we, we get we're we're we are we are to get um get Moyes sacked already. And then uh the Man United went and won four one. So <laughs> it was uh that was an experience, was a lovely drive up to Manchester and back home for that. Um, but look, uh, we'll take a different tack now. You know, it's the midweek socials so and a bit more casual than your your regular all villa, no filler uh, episode. But uh, so so um so Webb, I'll start off asking you, you know, um it's quite interesting sometimes to just hear how people supported Aston Villa. You know, so uh when when did you st- start supporting the villa and uh, how how did it happen?
2: Yeah, well, I'm a bit of, as you know, I'm a bit of a sadder. So I have Excel spreadsheets to every game I've been to and all this sort of stuff. So I'm a bit of a nerd when it comes to that. So my very first game. So my parents moved about two hours away from my grandparents when I was two to Stourbridge, which is very close to this centre of the Midlands, probably closer to Albion and Wolves in truth. But my granddad wanted a reason to come up and see his grandkids every other weekend. And this was at a time when football was Saturday, every three o'clock kickoffs. And my uh, late gran was a Nottingham Forest fan. So in the 92-93 season, first season of Premier League, they took me to Villa Park uh, to see Villa v Forest. <laughs> uh, my gran, with the hope of me becoming a Forest fan, uh, and my granddad just happy to see the grandkids and, and hope that I would enjoy football so that he'd have an excuse to come up every other weekend. Um, Roy Keane was playing for Forest and scored the opening goal. So the first goal I saw at Villa Park was Roy Keane. And then we ended up winning 2-1 with Cyril Regis uh, scoring the winner. Uh-huh. And then I was hooked. I just wanted to go back. Villa had won. If we hadn't won that game, maybe I'd have been a Forest fan. Who knows? But at that point, I had no allegiance to a club. Uh, and my granddad then started buying me tickets. I had my first season ticket. Uh, two seasons after that in 94-95 and I've had one ever since so
0: yeah
2: yeah, just happened to be taken to a Villa game back in 92 and we won and I say I can actually remember the game vividly and yeah yeah I've just I would say I've loved it ever since but that would be a complete lie because there's been some very dark moments (laughs) 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 and that's how I got into it so yeah my granddad is to blame for all of this.
0: Right. And uh, Adam as well, you know, you're you're also a very passionate Aston Villa fan, as, as is everybody who's in the London Lions. Uh, so how did you um end up as a as an Aston Villa fan?
1: Uh Taylor's oldest time, no choice in the matter, father of Villa fan, fan family of Villa fans. Uh, grew up not a million miles from Webbo in Bromgrove, again just, just outside of just outside of uh, Birmingham. Pretty much a villa strong, Brom's Grove. Mm. Um my first ever game by comparison and there was, there was no going back after this and I don't think, I don't think there's been a better game since this one it was the Tranmere second leg in 1994 that was my <laughs> first first wow. game I ever went to I think we went because my dad we, do you know we never have been big we, we don't go loads to the ground we're like proper armchair fans both me and my dad always preferred to play than watch so Saturday three o'clock we'd be playing generally rather than at Villa Park but that particular weekend I think there was people basically trying to do everything they can to return their tickets for that second leg, thinking it was a waste of time going. Mm. Uh, so my dad probably got a couple of £5 tickets off somebody in the pub and went, fine, I'll take him then. And, yeah, we went up there and obviously turned round to 3-1, deficit, deficit, extra time, penalties, Mark Bosnich heroics. And, uh, yeah, I was just, can we, can we do this every week? <laughs> 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 and it turns out we can't. We can't
2: <laughs> no. Did you storm uh, onto the pitch, Adam? My second game was, what's that? Did you still did you have a pitch invasion in your first ever game?
1: Yeah, yeah. I thought, again, you don't get to do that every week. <laughs> I think my second game. My dad, got, my dad got two ticks to the final but wouldn't take me, he took my uncle instead, which I was I've never forgiven him for. <laughs> uh, and my next game he actually took me to it was a nil-nil draw against Everton, uh just about two weeks after the cup final. <laughs> and it's been much more like that ever since. <laughs>
0: You know, we talk about memories as well with Villa. Like, I think for me, my favourite memory, if I was to go for one, it, it would have to be that I went. I actually went to that 94 Cup final, the Man U Villa 3-1. And uh, I basically went with two, two uncles who were big Villa fans. But then my dad, who I've told you before, is... A Birmingham City fan. Um, it's uh, it's, it's his dream to have found out that his son has ended up doing an Aston Villa podcast. <laughs> um, and uh, I'll never forget when Villa scored the third goal. I remember jumping up and everybody jumping on top of each other when I was this little kid, but my dad just sat down like he just couldn't <laughs> get up and just the gritted teeth. Um, he's like Darth Vader's my Luke Skywalker. At the end, he'll <laughs> I'll take his mask off and he'll tell me I was right. Um, but uh. But, you know, so I, I guess kind of just the, I think the reason it's such a magical memory is because it's so long ago, but beating Man U, they felt invincible at that time. And, you know, Villa actually haven't won much since. <laughs> um, I kind of became a Villa fan at a time when you could actually accuse me of being a glory supporter. But, uh, you know, um, for, for you, uh, Adam, um, what would be your kind of favourite memory, I guess? I could honest, as I said, I,
1: I, I was a Villa fan and had all the gear growing up, but didn't. Didn't go a lot uh, and actually in many ways, good good time to plug the London lines. if there's anybody out there that, uh, especially if they've fancied themselves as a footballer, get in touch with Frankie because we, we could do it with players. Um, but coming down to London and since the Championship and having such a great group to sort of attend these games and celebrate with, probably the one I'm going to go for is that opening day win against Arsenal away at Arsenal, the 3-1. Mm. Uh, and just everything about that, day, especially being a bit older and uh, and, and the amount of uh, pubs involved beforehand, and the like, the glorious weather. Uh, a fullback who obviously went on to be one of the greatest Villa players of all time, Tony Moon, <laughs> yeah. scoring seemingly burst forward, furthest player forward, no idea while he was there, and didn't care when he finished it. Um, just talking about that sort of constant feeling of new dawn with villa i was i was convinced that was going to be a good year for us as well but um yeah just everything about that day ma uh, i got back super late, I actually had a friend visiting from abroad I lost him, no idea, he ended up sleeping on a different mate's couch he'd never met before because I'd given him the slip <laughs> well, I kicked out a cargo nightclub and uh, when my, my missus woke me up the next day, she wasn't happy I was. I, in fact I'd slept on the bed she'd made up for him on the floor because I could tell the mood wasn't good as soon as I came in Um, but she, she was mainly annoyed I brought a load of grass home with me, apparently I was surrounded by grass, <laughs> I have no idea where i I'd have been,
0: just, yeah, just an incredible day. Just <laughs> pretending you were Tony Moon running I don't through. i the Emirates pitch. i aware of it. But <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, you got so used to pitch invasions from your experience of Tranmere. <laughs> but, uh, exactly. So, right. this, this is what we're doing every game. I'll isn't? pitch you, I'll pitch a draw on yeah. That was probably you was running on the pitch at Anfield yesterday. Slipped into Robertson. And, <laughs> uh, but uh, but and, and as for you, Weber, like got any like special special memories at all? Uh,
2: I mean, yeah, there's been very fortunate to be at some of the memorable Blues away games. The Greenish one stands out for many reasons. But I think if I'm greedy, frankly, I would say that whole Dean Smith promotion push, probably from the moment he came in all the way up to walking into Tottenham away on that first day of the season and begin to putting us ahead, obviously that finished 3-1, but up until that journey and um, the 10 games unbeaten, the crazy game at Ellen Road, the Sheffield United free free draw, the Scottish Kafu kept on running and scoring, then the Grealish away game at Birmingham, the Rotherham away game, which was just electric when we were down to 10 Amazing, and we won. Then we, speaking of the London Lions, that was the same season we won the league, so it felt like. We were playing and winning every Saturday morning for the London Lions, getting on a train, spending the next four or five hours getting drunk, watching Villa win. It was just, it all culminated in the playoff final victory, which, tell a personal story, my other half knew that she was pregnant the day before the playoff finals. She didn't want to tell me because she knew how much the playoff final meant to me. So she didn't tell me, but she didn't see me for a week. I was just <laughs> out every night, every day in different parts of London. So the final was, I think, on the Bank Holiday Monday. So yeah. it wasn't until the following Saturday that she actually saw me and was able to tell me that we were going to become parents for the first time. <laughs> <week. laughs> that whole summer, that, that just everything about that period, it will... Yeah, just be forever memorable. It was just such a great time to have a Villa fan as a manager, a Villa fan as a captain, and to actually win games. And yeah, it was that for me has been my most famous and a long period of success as well. We don't normally get that. You get the occasional win. Mm. And then I remember beating Blues five-one, getting yeah. going straight up to Wigan on the Tuesday night, and then we lost to Wigan. <laughs> just, uh, just give me at least one game to get over it. but that was a, a lot long, the longest period I can remember of enjoyment. Uh, yeah, so that will be a a, a period we look back on with great joy.
0: Got it, it was that was a special the team, yeah. was a game the other day as well. He, I, I,
1: he seemed to, well, he's a hero in my eyes, and he seems to he seemed to come back at the first opportunity after being out of management and seem to get a really positive response. Which I'm, I'm just dead chuffed to see. I, I just, I'll always have a glint in my eye thinking about these.
2: <laughs> yeah, I then. hope he gets a really good job and goes, I, I yeah, I don't think I could say a bad word against the guy.
0: No, he's got a very special place in here at Villa. Um, the right man at the right time, I think. Um, and uh, yeah, just that that tank because I, I, at that point, I'd also feared that Villa were going to end up as a bit of a like a Middlesbrough, maybe like a team that had, you were, you know, historically big, but. Just got stuck in the championship, as teams have done before. Forest did that, Sheffield Wednesday did that, and we came dangerously close to doing that. And then just to suddenly get, you know, get Mings in on loan, Grealish comes back from injury, and then this mad run we went on, Dean Smith coming in as manager. It was all just...
2: just It what was I- just so much fun. The summer afterwards, you had Mings transfer announcement at Witton train station. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it was everything about the club for that period. Like, we went 1-0 up away at Tottenham. First time we've been to the, what do they call a Tottenham Stadium. Yeah. expecting to get absolutely battered. Spent the whole morning drinking, chanting, You've ne- you're have champions of Europe, you'll never sing that. <laughs> yeah. uh, we're back at the big time. This is a proper stadium. Then we were winning. It's just like, that was like, this is the journey. This is great. And then obviously we lost three like, <laughs> ah, That Now it feels like Villa again.
0: Yeah. It was that first game against Tottenham to where I was like, oh, this is how good the Premier League is. I'd yeah. forgotten that, <laughs> um, but uh, but but you know Adam and uh, we're both before we wrap up. Uh, we're but we're all part of the London Lions. Uh, it's an absolutely brilliant social group. I joined it a year and a half ago. You've ob- both obviously been part of it a lot longer than I have. Um, it's just been a very welcoming group, um, very diverse, lots of different people involved. Just a lovely. Just a nice environment. And we all obviously not just, you know, watch games together, but we also uh, play football together as well in various different teams. So I guess, Webber, you, you know, you sort of run the football team, really. So, um, you know, how can people get involved in it? And, uh, you know, what would you, how would you sort of describe the London Lions to them? I
2: think you've discussed, so there's various different aspects of the London Lions. Firstly, it's in a, there's four official supporters clubs which have affiliated with Aston Villa. There's the North, South, East, West London uh, Lions Club. You can meet up in various parts of London. And You can also, if you're lucky enough, get tickets to games through those uh, different clubs. So it's a real good um, avenue if you are a football fan new to London, which a lot of people are. And you firstly just want to watch Villa in the pub with other Villa fans, there's that opportunity if you want to try and find a, a few friends to travel with. Uh, and that's how I really got into it. There's, I think there's nine or ten of us that have a season ticket now, so there's, uh, it makes the journeys back up to when there's train strikes and all that sort of stuff a little bit more bearable when you're finding a random pub in rugby or whatever train station, the trains cancel that again. Uh, and it's just a, a really good avenue to meet people. And then on top of that, should you wish to play football as well, we have i would say various degrees of quality of player but that would maybe indicate that we've got some good players but we've a various <laughs> degree of average footballers and, but it's we take it semi seriously but uh, i wanted to make sure the focus was on making it welcome so i'm really pleased that you have felt welcome and joining and anybody who happens to have an affiliation with Aston Villa if you want to play football in London we play in Bermondsey in a weeknight we play out in Corrumsfield, we play at Paradise Park sometimes and in various other places it's it's not just always at one location so it can suit anybody north south east or west and everybody's always welcome uh, you don't have to be a great footballer but if there is somebody out there who is that would be absolutely fantastic.
0: Yeah, I've got to say Adam, you're not a bad footballer yourself. You're pretty decent. <laughs> uh, how, uh, how, how do you find 50 me shades of, of average on one of the one of the <laughs> <laughs> uh, all those three o'clock, to not not watching but playing instead. That's feed half But um uh, yeah, trying, but Adam, to to, to, trying to learn how to kick it further. <laughs> yeah. but Adam, how how would you as well describe being part of the London Lions? Oh bloody hell. Uh
1: it's I just want to say, it's nothing short of a game changer for me. i have sort of Got pretty used to watching a dodgy stream at home on my own for the vast majority of Villa games uh, down here in London. Um, and the Championship season actually changed all that because quite often, if we were on the telly, it wouldn't be our game that would be shown, it'd be whatever the Premier League equivalent kickoff was. So that's how I came across the guys. And yeah, before I knew it, I was seeing them twice a week with the Championship watching games and seeing them another twice a week uh, playing. So a lot of people I've known for 40 odd years. I don't see anywhere near as, I mean, I don't see my wife as much as I see where both um, and, and I think it's, that suits both of them. Yeah. Uh, yeah. No, I, I just love it. I love, like I say, I've always wanted to play. Never, never troubled doing it at any standard, but just love to, love to play football even long after my knees are going. And yeah, uh, yeah, it's, it's given me a great opportunity to do that, but with, not just with randomers. I used to play a lot of football, just pick up games with people and have no real affinity and um, to the people I was playing with. And I've always loved the, the pub afterwards as much as I've loved the game itself. So um, if that sounds like you, no no pressure to to come to the pub afterwards, obviously. But uh, would wouldn't hurt if you enjoyed that as much as you enjoyed the football.
0: Yeah, well, look, uh, guys, it's been absolutely brilliant to have you both on. Thank you very much. Um, and, uh, you know, if you want to get involved with the London Lions, of course, you can just get in touch with this podcast. There's also a Twitter page, a Facebook page as well. So, uh, yeah, just get in contact there. And I'm sure Webbo, Adam, various other people in part who are part of the Lions will uh, very much welcome you into, into the fold. And uh, as I say, lads, thank you very much for coming on. No, thank you. Cheers, my Thanks for having us. And up the villa. That was the Midweek Social on All Villa No Filler with our guests this week, Paul Webb and Adam Tynan from the London Lions.